Evan Melton. Welcome to my wax museum. Uh, we're recording now. All right. So, um, where where were you born? Well, um, I was first born in the Foothills Hospital in Calgary, nice. right, right here. Same here. Nice. Hey. Nice. When when were you born? What year? Uh, 1994. 1994. Okay, so you're a couple years before me. Mm-hmm. And I mean. Obviously, you don't remember that experience. Do you remember anything? What's kind of like your earliest memory? Ooh, my earliest memory. I mean, that's a difficult one. I think one of my earliest ones, for some reason, I don't know why I remember this, um, is I was before I was in, in preschool. You know, it was before in any of that. Yeah. And uh, I was playing with a toy train on the windowsill of our, this big giant bay window that we had yeah. growing up. And I remember playing on that and, and seeing my brothers and their friends over. I don't, that's all I remember. That's all you remember. I don't know why. That's, Just remember that was yeah. a thing. Yeah. Were you big into toy trains when you were little? I was. I was yeah. huge into trains. Did you I, have like the wooden sets that would put together? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. We, had wooden, we had the wooden set. We had an electric set. And it was, that was off. I think that's broken now. So um, We had like toy car version ones, like little tiny ones. Okay, yeah. We had train books. Yeah. You know, I would, I would, I would go through, um, I kind of lost that phase when I turned like eight okay. ish, eight, nine ish. I, I, I remember I just stopped being really interested in them. I don't know why I was so interested in them to begin with, but yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, I, I, I remember that the toys like that were pretty fun for me as a kid as well. Um, do you like, do you, do you have any idea why, why it might've been fascinating for you? Why it was like. Do you think it was just like a developmental thing, like every little kid, every little boy is into trains? I think it might have been a developmental thing. It's just something I lashed onto, something I saw. Yeah. I mean, I've noticed in my nephews and nieces that, well, mainly my nephews, that they love like the first type of, like they like vehicles and like those kind of things, like cool little toys. And, mm-hmm. and they usually latch onto the one that they can say the first. And so like, um, you know, my, my, my one nephew, he loved trucks. Yeah. Specifically, fire trucks and yeah. buses. He loved buses. Yeah. Because he could say bus. Yeah. Or or he could say a garbled fire truck. Yeah. Uh, it didn't sound the best, but yeah, uh, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> so that, I think that's probably the case with me. I don't remember why, but yeah. It was just a cool, fun thing. That's awesome. Yeah. And then you, so you were born in Calgary. Did you ever live anywhere else, or did you grow up all here? I've lived in the same house my whole life. Really? Except for my mission, of course. My, yeah, my mission. And you went off. Yeah. So, so the same house for how, how twenty four years. Twenty four years. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's wild to me. I've never <laughs> stayed so many, somewhere for that long. Uh, oh, yeah. And I know we were we were talking yesterday mm-hmm. about the schools that you went to. And your yeah. schools are all kind of on the same field, right? Oh yeah, they're all right within like you know football's throw of each other. <laughs> that's crazy. Do you have? Growing up, were there any were there any teachers or classes that you enjoyed particularly? Oh yeah, um, I mean maths. The math classes were always something I was good at, and I, I enjoyed for the most part. I enjoyed it mainly because it was easy, mm-hmm. um, and you know everybody else was asking you for help. You know, it felt good to be you know needed and um, important, being skilled, talented, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the art classes, the the music classes. Um, and in high school, especially, I enjoyed the um, the design studies classes. Okay. So like the, the animation and like the, the three dimensional rendering, yeah. and uh, the architectural type stuff. 
um, that was something I, I really delved into in high school. Um, I would take spares and go and do it for fun. Really? Just just to increase my 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 core or my my projects and to do more yeah. than what I was supposed to. Like they had given me, you know, boundaries or requirements, and I would go above and beyond because I just I wanted to. It was yeah. fun. Yeah. You know. And that was with animations and stuff. Yeah. So it was like using, um, you know, like Revit, AutoCAD, those kind of things. Okay. You know. And why why do you think you were into that? Really, it comes down to it's 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 there's math involved, so you have to yeah. use, you know, the computer. You have to use angles and curves and all kinds of stuff. But it's also artistic, so it's the art and math coming to life. It's yeah. the creation of something. Um, I'm, I'm huge into that kind of stuff, into creating things. I mean, I've always, I've always done a lot of sketching, a lot of drawing growing up. Um, you know, I did a lot, of, a lot of that kind of stuff. I played a lot of Lego, classic, you know, classic kid, but played a lot of Lego. Yeah. You know, a lot, of, a lot of building type stuff. Um, yeah. I don't know why. I mean, it's been more of a hobby of mine than an actual, like, I don't know. I mean, for a while, I planned on making it my career, but it was more of a hobby. In, in working with the computers and working mm-hmm. with the animations and stuff, mm-hmm. like, what kind of stuff would you animate? What would these projects be that you would do? Well, I mean, I didn't do that many. I was only in it for, for three years, and each each class had different aspects of it and I would do different things but in the regards to the animation aspect I did the first thing I did was you know it was a toy car so I made a toy car a three-dimensional toy car that had moving wheels and you know um, pieces to it that you can you know you could take it off if you wanted to to show that oh this is attached here you know like a regular plastic toy car yeah um you know whereas most people just did a single object with no moving parts um and you know, I had the see-through glass on it and all that kind of stuff. So that was our first project that we did. And the second one I did was a watch. It was like with all the, you know, the links on it, all that were connected, so you could move them around on the screen. You could click on one of the links and hold on to it and move it around. Yeah. And it would move all the other links, and they would all move, but but they wouldn't fall apart or anything. It was, it was cool. And then I did it. Like it has moving hands and and like the glass face, and it was all based on my own watch that I yeah. don't have anymore, but, um, so that was my second one, and that one was really, really good, my third one actually looked the most simple, but was the most difficult, it was actually a sword, but it wasn't just like a basic, you know, sword that you'd see in a movie, just a classic sword, it was more of like a, you know, like a video game sword of like a World of Warcraft fancy cool sword with like all kinds of edges and whatnot, yeah. and uh, it had this piece in the center that was shaped of an hourglass, okay. it was like a timepiece looking thing that was connected to another circle so that this, the the hourglass spun inside the circle and the circle spun in a different direction from the sword huh. and so they would rotate and do all kinds of crazy stuff and because of all the be- bevels and edges and everything like when you clicked the the button that allowed you to view all the numbers to it you couldn't even see the sword there were so many numbers and curves and bevels and cuts and it was really? it was crazy like my, my teacher when he looked at it he's like oh all right and he was interested and then he clicked that and started like analyzing it, he's like, "Whoa!" It was just tons of stuff, like, going, on. stuff going on everywhere. He was that was my most difficult animation, I would say, out of yeah. all of them. Yeah. Um, it was a ton of fun. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. Like though. Challenging yourself and, and seeing how things moved in the animation and stuff. Oh yeah, well, it's like I vis- I wanted to visualize something and then see it come to life and yeah. see it actually work. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's the thing I, that drew me to it. That's um, interesting. 
So are you, would you say you're a pretty technical thinking person? Oh yeah, huge, yeah. hugely analytical. I'm, I'm also very emotionally you know, motivated. I'm a very artistic, very creative-minded person. I'm an artist, but I'm also a very analytical person, yeah. very critical and, and numbers-based. Yeah. And, and I perceive and pay attention to small details. Yeah. Kind of a, kind of ridiculous about that actually. Like yeah. there's little things that I pay attention to that people don't. Yeah. And sometimes it annoys people. Sometimes it, you know it's a good thing. But would you would you say you're a good planner then? Because being able to take you know this is what I want to animate, and then saying this is how I need to do it, and this is what I need to you know put in in order to have X result. Yeah, I would say I'm a pretty good planner in regards to that kind of stuff or in regards to, to planning out my day or life or those kind of things. Structuring things, figuring out in my head what I need to do in order to achieve a certain goal. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty good at doing that. Yeah, and so do you think, um, I mean, how, how, how was that applied more in high school? How did you... Like in in your real life, what have you done to apply that sort of that sort of planning? Because you've done it obviously in animation and mm-hmm. probably in other things, I imagine. But what about in real life? How have you applied that? Um, well, I mean, it kind of goes back to like my 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 path, my career paths that I've I've kind of tried to go down. Um, for growing up, I I looked at my I was very analytical of my own talents and abilities, and I. Looked at okay, this is what I enjoy. This is what I'm good at, and then I based my decisions off of that. So I based my life plans and my life goals off of where what I knew I would be successful in. You know, it wasn't just. I know a lot of people they they hear about something that they want to do and it's their dream, right? And they focus their entire life around that, and I think that's great. But for me, that wasn't me. I was like, no, I'm I'm not gonna go after something that I don't not guaranteed to achieve. You know. I'm going to go after something that I'm guaranteed to achieve because I have the prerequisites to get there, mm-hmm. you know? So in regards to my animation, which also had architectural stuff in it, I mean, I designed a few different houses um, in that animation class, and it was a ton of fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that stuff, may, and my, the fact that my father is an animator, I mean, not an animator, an architect okay. as well. Um, so he, he's been working as an architect for, oof, 30, 40 years, almost, like 35 years, yeah, because yeah. uh, he's 63, Okay. and so ever since he finished high, finished university, I mean, he's been an, an architect, yeah. so uh, sitting down with him, seeing what he did, it was always interesting to me, uh, more so than my other siblings, they, they, they enjoyed seeing what my dad did, but I would try to talk to him about it, and he even even asked me for ideas sometimes, just, yeah. just to see, I mean, I don't know if he ever used them, but... Yeah, that'd be pretty cool, though, and I'm yeah. sure, you know, they trickle in. Some way. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, he he probably it probably, you know, triggered his mind to do something. Yeah. You know, with those ideas that he that I gave him, but I I made that my life goal for a while to become an architect. You know, I was like, that was gonna be my my career path. That's what I told everybody because I knew I was gonna be good at it. I knew I'd enjoy it, or at least at the aspects that I knew about. Yeah. Um, and then that changed though. Um, on my right before my mission and on my mission that changed. Um, my, pl- my plan to be an uh, architect because I learned more about you know, how much it, work it was, how much schooling it was to get there versus the payout. And at least right now, the market's pretty rough in regards to architects 
in regards to how much they get paid for how much they do. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you compare an engineer to an architect, they have, you know, similar or, or you know, the engineer is similar or less schooling than the architect yeah. does. And the architect gets paid way less. Yeah. You know, a teacher gets paid more than an architect now. Really? Yeah. Just a basic teacher. Yeah. You know, and an architect has to get a master's and has to have like years and years of apprenticeship and hours to put in to become a legal architect. And so looking at that, I kind of changed my plan and there was a lot of aspects of architect being an architect that I didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So I changed my plan and based it on, okay, I still had this skill set. You know, let's look at something else. And so I looked at animation, going to just basic computer animation, you know, for movies, games, websites, you name it. Um, And so I looked at my life and I was like, okay, animators they get they get paid decently you know and they can move up the chain kind of thing the, chain, yeah. you know, the, the food chain and yeah. and that's something i'd be good at and i would enjoy and you know it's all about being a, a team and working with a team right so i started planning for that while i was on my mission for for my church um i started planning for that and thinking about that and that's when i started telling everybody that i was going to do that when i got yeah. home and uh you know my my analytical skills i guess came in, into play by looking at aspects that were coming in and putting into my plan and slowly changing my plan, you know, you know, I met I met a bunch of guys that were in Utah and I knew that the the BYU had a great program for animation and mm-hmm. and that there was a lot of girls that I met out there that were like they were going to the same school and I was like, hey, let's let's see where things go when I get home, yeah. you know, and that's that was my plan for a while, right? Yeah. Um, and then it was very interesting is that that all completely changed. Yeah. I'm not even in the arts anymore. Yeah. I'm not even planning to be in the arts. I, I still have plans to eventually have a dream of mine become a reality of creating a game that I have in my head and make it come a reality, but that's, that's going to happen years and years down the road when I can fund it and just get someone else to make it and I'll put my input into it. But, yeah, but, uh, yeah I mean, that, that's the way my life's changed based on my analysis of things around me and my skills and my, my abilities and my mission really helped me figure out what it is I want to do and what it is that I am really good at. Um, and it comes down to is that, and this is getting into a completely different topic, but uh, so bear with me. Yeah, no. <laughs> but I mean, I go into my mission and I, and I started realizing that I loved t- helping people's needs, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I, that's what I did. I, I helped people with their spiritual needs, with their, sometimes their social needs. Um, sometimes with their, just their emotional needs, you know, a lot of needs that they had. Um, and so I was able to help and do, you know, fix a lot of that and do a lot of that for a lot of people. Um, you know, and, and, you know, they got to, you know, develop relationships with other people that had like-minded, you know, morals and beliefs and whatnot, um, in, in, in my church. Um, and then, I noticed that I wanted to keep doing that. I wanted to keep helping people's needs because an animator, although it's great and fun, is it really a need for people? I mean, it's entertainment, great, but there's a bazillion animators out there. There's a bazillion movies that come out, a bazillion games that come out. Am I really going to make that much of an impact in people's lives? Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to make a bigger impact in people's lives, make a bigger, better impact. Um, And so I, you know, I decided to, to start looking into that and and one thing that kind of stood out to me that was a need that I couldn't help and it frustrated me was financial. I couldn't help people in their financial needs. 
and there was many people who wouldn't talk to us as missionaries because they just were not in a mind space or financial space to to even listen to us. They were too concerned with what they didn't have financially, physically, that they weren't even their mind wasn't open to even considering God. Yeah. So there's a lot of that that I noticed. And there's a lot of people that we taught that were trying to, you know, get baptized or learn about God and and they had a hard time because they had to keep, you know, going to work on Sundays or they had to keep ditching out on a blessings because they, they had to make ends meet for their family. Yeah. And that was something that I wanted to help, but I couldn't in the same extent. You know, the church has a lot of great stuff for those kind of people, you know, services that they can do, but they can't do everything. Yeah. So I got home, not sure what I was going to do. I was kind of up in the air. I was still kind of planning for an animator. Um, and then a good friend of mine introduced me to this, this amazing company that I'm now with um, called World Financial Group. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's fantastic. Like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in licensing right now to become you know, an independent broker in the financial industry and help people in all aspects of their finances. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, we help them with their debt and with like, their retirement and with their insurance and with their investments and everything. And we really get to help people and get to see changes in their lives and help their financial needs. So that's something that I, once I got, I, I looked into it and I really started thinking about it and considering it and researching, I felt like this is, this is like something I, I would be really good at and I really would enjoy, Yeah. you know, and I started, and I actually, my brother's in the financial industry. He's an insurance agent. My other brother's in a, in, the, in a bank. So like a lot of them are in it and I've noticed that I, I actually really enjoy it, Yeah. you know, so I'm not very far in it yet cause I'm still getting licensed, but, yeah. uh, it's something that I'm really enjoying. And, See it and, as an opportunity to help people and lend them some strength. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and just seeing other agents and seeing and hearing their stories and being able to see it firsthand of them helping families, you know, average Canadian families that don't have a lot of money. And mm-hmm. they're not in a bad situation, but they're not going to retire with the, what they have and they need the help to retire. And so seeing that change and seeing that plan put in place to help them get where they need to which most financial industries don't help the, the mediocre or the middle class. Yeah. They help the rich. And that's something that I love is being able to help those that are middle class and, and help them get somewhere where they need to go. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of why, where I, I mean, I took that analysis into my, into my life and my previous experiences on my mission and kind of looked at it and was like, this is something that would feel good. And I would feel able to go to sleep every day knowing that I'd helped people, mm-hmm. that I had done something impactful in their lives and and be able to make a good influence and it's also a lot of it's making friends i mean a lot of it's just building relationships with people and making friends and that's something i love to do and that's something i'm good at yeah and and so that's that i came out my life path with my an analytical mind kind of directing it and guiding it past things and slowly getting to me to me to where i where i need to be where it kind of makes sense for what you need to do yeah yeah Yeah. i've noticed you 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 know, I haven't known you very long. Uh, we we forgot to talk about how we met, but oh yeah, beforehand, before we started recording, we were talking about it and kind of you know, we met kind of along the way. You're friends with good friends with one of my roommates, mm-hmm. and uh, and you come over quite a bit to watch some Attack on Titan. Oh yeah, I love that. A little <laughs> bit of that, a little anime, and uh, and also then of course I know you from church as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's. Seeing in your life how how you have this desire to help people and build mm-hmm. relationships, has there 
Has there been anyone in particular in your life that you've seen doing the same for you or doing the same for others that kind of set an example for you, uh, maybe even subconsciously, that made you say, I want to help people? I mean, that's a really good question. I haven't really thought about that. Um, so I have to take a few seconds to think about it. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, there's a lot of my friends, I mean, that, that have helped me. I mean, I mean, my friend Zach, he, he's, he's the one who, who introduced me to World Financial Group and he does that a lot. Um, but I mean, throughout my whole life, I didn't I haven't known him my whole life. Um, to be honest, I haven't really noticed of any specific person that has been that example to me. It's always, I've always been that way, even when I was a kid, even when I was in, in you know, you know, kindergarten or, or um, you know, those kinds, of, those kind of things. That I was always in that that idea of just helping those around me, just just because I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of it might actually stem back to my mom. Yeah. I mean, if I really want to be one hundred percent honest, I think it would come back to my mom. I mean, I don't think. I recognized it when I was a kid, and I, I mean, I, I've only rarely recognized it became, since I became an adult, but she is a very serving or loving and, and serving person. She just serves everyone, and especially her kids, and she has seven kids, yeah. so I have six siblings, and, and she's served each and every one of us and done so much for us and for everybody around her. She's always, she's always been the humble servant just always quietly working and, and helping people and and not ever wanting praise and whenever you give her praise she doesn't like it she gets uncomfortable she doesn't like compliments she doesn't like praise you know anytime i if she was listening to this she'd be probably cringing <laughs> yeah because uh she she doesn't really accept the praise she just she just goes and does or does just, yeah. she goes and she, she's a doer yeah. she's always helping and you know, doing things that she more than she needs to, especially yeah. as a mom. Like, you know, even now I live at home since I got home from my mission from 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 Colorado, and uh, you know, I don't have the finances to stay be on my own two feet yet, and so they're helping me and letting me stay there. And I mean, I can do my own laundry. I can do everything, right? I was away for two years. I can do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But she still comes in and just grabs my laundry and does it for me, mm-hmm. just just because. And I'm like, and she just says, oh, I'm just doing it. I might as well, yeah. or or she'll ask me about something that I brought in from the house and I'll put it down on the table and I'll be grabbing something else and, and I'll mean to take care of it in, in a minute, but she'll come over and she'll just take care of it. She'll like put it away or clean it up or come and ask me like, what is this for? And she did that today and she's like, what's this? And I was like, oh, I mean that, you probably, I mean that you could probably just throw away. And she's like, okay. And she just walked over and threw it away. I was like, I mean, I could have done that. Yeah. But she just does that. She just does things to help people and, yeah. and she's a very loving person. So, if I had to put it to one person, it would be my mom. Yeah. But I can't think of any other role model, like, specifically, like, that has been that example. I've always just kind of done that. Yeah. I mean... Well, I, I, I think... Uh, I can definitely tell you were raised in a good home. I know uh, one of your siblings. There's six of you in your family? There's seven kids. Seven kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I know two out of the seven and from that small sample size you know you guys seem like a good family and good people try to uh, you're like oh okay you know, <laughs> if you want to say that about Shannon sure um, and so you know I I, I think it, it definitely has a lot to do with how you were raised um, oh, yeah. but at the same time it is interesting to see the differences between the two of you you're definitely more animated 
definitely more of a talker. Were you always like that? Were you always oh, yeah. outgoing and talkative? I've always been. Uh, I've never been one for the limelight, but I've always been a, a talker, an mm-hmm. outgoing person. I've, I've always been in one-on-one conversation. I've loved, I've just always yeah. been wanting to talk to people and be around people, mm-hmm. uh, be around friends and build friendships. I've never been one, though, for being the leader of a group yeah. or being in the limelight or receiving a ton of praise. I get uncomfortable when I'm kind of like my mom. and I, I mean, I accept the compliments and I appreciate it, but I, I get uncomfortable when I'm really being focused on by a large group. Hmm. Would you, do you think, because I, I know you, you only went to three different schools growing up, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so... You were pretty consistent in that regard. You went to your local elementary, you went to your local junior high, and then your high school. Mm-hmm. And would you say that you had a lot of friends going through that process? Did you have a lot of longtime friends? Oh yeah, um, I mean a lot of longtime friends, and then a lot of just friends that were for a few years. I mean, it, it, like I, I made a ton of friendships and acquaintances. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, they're all in different groups. I have my my friends from church and I have my friends from school and I had my friends that were in the neighborhood. And, and I, I would say, I mean, I have a good group that I've been friends with for a long, long time. Like yeah. my best friend in Alden, um, he, he and I have known each other for years and years since we were five. So, I mean, it's been nine, yeah, 19, 19 years yeah. that we've known each other. Yeah. Um, and we've been best friends since the first day of, of kindergarten. Yeah, uh, it was a great story, actually. Um, and I'll get into that. But then, then there's also my friend Ives, who I also knew in kindergarten, and we became friends a few years, more a few years later after kindergarten, and we became really good friends. Um, and Ives also is in that same group, and we all hang out. And then I met my friend Stefan in, in junior high, and he's been with us since then. And, um, and then Alden, Alden's longtime girlfriend that he met in high school that also became a good friend of mine, and we've been you know, friends with her since then as well. Um, so I mean, that's the, the core group from a long, long time ago. Um, and then of course I have all my, my, my church friends from long, long time, you know, like my, my friend John, who I've known since we were 12, um, you know, and, and, you know, my friend Zach, similar time period, you know, 13, 14 type thing. Um, I mean, trying to think of all the other long time friends I've had. I mean, for me, relationships are very important. Yeah. I, I don't let go of relationships very easily. Uh, I, I've always taken a lot of time and effort in, in even the smallest relationships. Yeah. Even people that I've only known for a little bit of time, I do everything I can to strengthen our relationship and to build up a friendship. Yeah. And I never want them to feel like I don't care. Because I do. Yeah. Uh, there's very few people that I just don't care to hear about what they're doing. I don't, there's very few people that I just don't care. And they know who they are. They, I mean, usually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean... I don't know, maybe not, maybe not. I'm pretty good about being nice about it. But, I mean, usually I, they, 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 if, if I didn't care, they don't, we don't keep in touch. Well, yeah, and they don't care either. Yeah. Right. So how do you, how do you develop those relationships, those, those lasting relationships, and how do you take care of those? Oh, <laughs> it's, kind of, it's, it's difficult at times. There's a lot of them that have fallen by the wayside, and I've done my best in the recent few months, actually, to try to rekindle a lot of them. But... It's, it's difficult because you have to divide your attention to so many people mm-hmm. and spend so, because you have to spend quality time with people in order to be friends, yeah. right? And I think the biggest way I've been able to develop relationships is, 
and, and hold, hold on to them is you learning to be comfortable with and using the languages of love. I don't know if you've heard about that. Um, like the five love languages. Yeah. Yeah. So like there's, you know, there's touch, there's, there's compliments, there's uh, quality time, there's gifts and there's acts of service. Acts of service. Yeah. And so I've, I've spent a lot of time developing all of those. Hmm. Um, I'm I'm a very huggy person. That's probably the one that I appreciate the most when people give me hugs Um, and quality time. I love, I I really appreciate quality time. Um, Compliments are great. Gifts are great. Um, but I personally don't really care too much about them. Um, and acts of service, I, I appreciate as well. But I'm, I do my best to, to give out all five of those at the, at the same time. Hmm. So I'm always, I'm always trying to give gifts to people. I'm always, I'm always trying to, to do nice things for people and to, to help them out and just, just, just you know, give a little acts of service or spend you know, good time with them. And something that they would enjoy. Even if I don't enjoy it, it's something that they would enjoy, I'm willing to do it. Yeah. Um, I give tons of people hugs and, and you know, fist bumps and, and pats on the back. And, and when I walk by, I just pat them on the shoulder. Like, How's it going, man? And I just keep walking. Or, you know, so a lot of so that kind of stuff as well. And, 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 you know, I love giving compliments. And I'm always telling people, you know, how good they are. And, yeah. and what they can be and what I see in them and those kind of things. Um, that skill developed a lot more on my, on my mission, Yeah. but those are what I do, um, to develop relationships and it takes a lot of effort. Um, but I enjoy it because relationships to me is, is worth my worth its weight in gold, yeah. you know, and it's, it, it takes a lot of effort and, and, and a lot of time and kind of gets rid of a lot of your free time, <laughs> but, uh, it makes for a good time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I mean, it's super fulfilling. I mean, I'm, I look through my my Facebook friends and whatnot, and I and I realize that there's a lot of people that are acquaintances that I I, I look at. I'm like, oh, I love that guy. You know, that's a good that's a good friend. Yeah. But in reality, we're more of acquaintances. But I still think really highly of them. And I'm like, oh, I should reach out to them and talk to them again. And they may not be like, they may be like, what the, who is this? You know? Why is this stranger talking to me? Remember me? I'm Evan. Don't remember me? I mean, that's, a, that's another thing. I have a very good memory for faces and places. Okay. And, and I'm a very visual person. Hence okay. my animation stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I remember people and I remember times. I remember good times. I remember when I see someone's face, I think of the events mm-hmm. that we had together. And I'm a very nostalgic person. So I think of those, those times and those memories, and I'm like, ah, those good times, you know, I want to go back to those good times. Um, I'm always looking for more good times, but I'm, I love the good, the good old times. Yeah. I love just talking about them with people. So, I mean, with that, that's why, that's one of the reasons I hold on to people, because I hold on to, I mean, really, I'm holding on to little bits and pieces of myself yeah. that, I, that I've given to people. Yeah. And, I, and I don't want... You know, I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose those little bits and pieces of my life and of my friendships and the people that I care about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Has, um, has there ever been a time when you have had to let go of a friendship and kind of let it, let it part? Um, not completely. They've always kind of come back a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yes, I have had to let go of good, strong relationships that I had that to to a point where it went from a very different relationship, very strong, powerful friendship to more of an acquaintance that had you know good memories with. 
Yeah. I've had to do that a lot, and I've had to come to terms with it because there. I mean, the fact is, I mean, most people only hang out with the top five people. Mm-hmm. Like, most people don't spend a lot of time with more than twenty people, honestly. Oh, yeah, twenty is a lot for most people, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. And, and if I could, I would. I would hang out with way more than that. Yeah. I, I mean. On average, right now, I'm spending, I spend quality time with probably 20 to 30 people in the, every, every month, you know, yeah. on a regular basis. Um, and then, I mean, if I had access to all my mission friends, you know, the tons of people that I knew there, and if I had both of my worlds combined in one city, I would be constantly busy spending quality time with so many people, it would be ridiculous. Yeah. But, I mean... It, it, I've had to let go because I mean you just can't hold on to that many. Yeah. And people move, people leave, people yeah. you know just stop talking to you, and for whatever reason, I mean you just have to, and you have to yeah. come to terms with it. So. How do you come to terms with it? I mean, uh, in some ways, I I kind of just purposely forget about it. <laughs> like, I I I I mean. I'm a pretty well-rounded person, if I can say. I mean, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I feel like I'm a pretty well-rounded emotionally, per, emotionally, mm-hmm. as a person. So I don't get like really upset when I lose something. I mean, I, I'm like, ah, you know, that sucks. But I recognize that it's necessary. I recognize, that, you know, it's just another stage of life, mm-hmm. and and so I let it. I let it go. I just don't dwell on on a lot of things. I don't dwell on things, yeah. on, on on things that I've done wrong, things that other people have done wrong to me on sad events i don't dwell on them yeah um i don't i mean unless it's a really really close like a best friend or or you know like a, a you know a girlfriend or something like that that would be something that i would mourn for a lot longer yeah and i'd have a hard time letting go of but i think i'd still be able to get over it decently well um so like i also have to recognize that it's 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 not anyone's fault uh, you know that's, some, that's something else i do so you know like a lot of the friendships from my mission i recognize that they're going to completely different places in the world and will i see them very often probably not will i be able to use technology to keep in touch yeah but will i have phone calls with them all the time no i mean it's sad to say um but i still send them emails and i still send them messages on facebook and i still read what they do and i mm-hmm put that little bit of effort just to keep that relationship alive a little bit yeah. that they know that I still care and that I still remember. Um, but not to the point of like, we're bestest friends, you know, even across the entire world, we're best friends. No, uh, I don't, I don't do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You acknowledge that they have a different life to lead and, oh, yeah. and you do too. Yeah. Oh yeah. And obviously there's an exceptions to those and there's those that I'm really close to that I will take the time and effort no matter how far away they are. Right. Um, you know, there's, there's a few, a handful of people that are still in Denver or throughout the world that I still will put in that effort, but I know when to let go, you know, um, same with here in, in Calgary. I mean, there's people that I've had to let go of, you know, I mean, a lot of good high school friends that I've had to let go of a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of good church friends that I've had to let go of and, and, you know, especially, you know, growing up, you make friends with girls and when then they get married, you can't really be a friend with them in the same sense anymore. Yeah, it's a little different. Eh? It's a little, especially if I'm a single dude, like, I can't hang out with a girl when she's married. Like, yeah. one-on-one. I can't. That's, that's not okay. Yeah. You know, if I was married, we might be able to hang out as couples. Yeah. But we'd have to be friends as a couple. Yeah. 
you know. And so that, that aspect, I had a lot of friends growing up that were girls, yeah. you know, and, and some very, very close ones. And I've had to let go of those, you know. I mean, we're still friendly. We're still, we still talk to each other. Every once in a while, I'll send like a message to each other, but it's very polite, very, very distant, yeah. you know. The dynamics change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a whole group of them that I'm thinking of right now. I mean, there's, you know, a good friend, Katie Binion, or not Binion anymore. Um, and then um, Sarah, Sarah Pender. You know, she, Sarah Nolan was, was, was her name when we were good friends. And, and she's, you know, in BYU, Idaho. And she, we're, we, were, we were great friends. Yeah. We're still good friends. But I had to let go, you know. So... You know, we, 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 we recognize that and we're, we're still good acquaintances and whatnot. We, you know, if we see each other, we'd probably be really good friend, you know, friendly, friendly to each other. But it's, it's the way life is and I, I understand that. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. And I mean, I guess the good thing for you is you're good at making friends. You're yeah. good um, at, at introducing yourself to new people. I mean, when, when we met, I mean, we became friends pretty quickly and I mean it helps that you come over to my house you know three <laughs> times a week that's uh, true. for that's various true. different activities um quite regularly and uh and and so so I mean that helps and and I guess it kind of comes into a you know who who's around you at the time who who's just going to be there who's going to be at work that you see you're naturally going to become better friends with people that you see on a regular basis yeah yeah 100% agree yeah and then of course I mean that's that's you go from group to you go from phase to phase work to a different job to a different job and there might be one friend one coworker that you really hold on to through all the, like through those and you add one or two every time and you just and you keep in touch with that person but the other people they kind of drop off yeah you know and I mean like I, I I've worked a few different places I worked at um, Tower Cleaners for a while we talked about that a little bit. It was my first job ever, and I didn't really hold on to any relationships from there. Um, <laughs> and then I moved over to to a green to Green Drop, which was a uh, a lawn care place. Yeah. And I, I and most of my people that I worked with were my family there, so I didn't have to worry about that one. But you know, I, I had some people that I I really liked, and I really we were we were good friends and and whatnot. And then I haven't talked to them since. And then I went, you know, I went to Best Buy for a while, and I, I have some friends there that I still do keep in touch with, and I actually do hang out with from there. But that's because I worked there for a year and a half. But there's a lot of people, probably a good twenty people or more, that I haven't talked to at all since, you know. Yeah. And it's if if I was still working there, yeah, we'd be great friends. Yeah. But it's just for whatever reason, we drifted apart. You know, same same with you know the job after that, you know, Vakova, which I actually have hold on, hold on to a lot of friends from there. Um, because my core group, Alden and them, worked there. Okay. They all worked there. Alden got me into that job, and, and we all worked at this place called Bacova, which is a, a um, like a recreational, like a water and recreational place oh, cool. uh, in the university campus area. Hmm. Um, so it's it's you know and so we all worked there. I was a receptionist, and and so I held on to a lot of friendships there, and I'm doing a lot to reach out to a lot of those guys right now, and those guys and girls right now. Um, but. Even there, there's a lot of people that I haven't talked to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. How did, how did keeping touch with them go while you were on your mission? Because you can only email once a week and Oof. for a limited amount of time. That's, that's been definitely where a lot of the, the relationships have fallen off is from my mission. Yeah. Um, because in reality, 
as a missionary, I only have a certain amount of time to email and I can't email everybody and I can't read every email. I mean, I spent most of my time reading emails because I got so many and I would try to respond to them all, but I'd have to respond to them like every other week kind of thing. I'd have to like pace them, you know, (laughs) a lot of them I would email less and less and then they would email less and less and we just fall off. And it wasn't because I didn't care. It's just, I just didn't have time. And I had priorities of what was more important. Like my family was the most important to, to respond to, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, my, my, my best buddies, you know, and, and my mission president, and, you know, those kind of things were the ones that were important to do. Um, so yeah, my mission, I, I, that's why I'm spending a lot of time right now rekindling a lot of friendships. And it's kind of a cool experience to go back through my, my life and meet all these people again, even from high school, you know, I'm meeting up a lot of them and, and um, it's a fun time, but it is, it is interesting to see how the mission just two years of drifting apart. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and is it, is it weird to interact with those people again? Or is it, mm. is it exciting or is it kind of awkward? To... At first, it's awkward. Yeah. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. It's, it's awkward at first because you're like, hey, you know, like last time I saw you, we were both complete dorks in high school, you know? <laughs> I haven't talked to you for, you know, few years yeah it's like how are you doing yeah you know it it is a little awkward and i wonder how they feel especially when i reach out to them they're like what the freak but it is a lot of fun and it is exciting it it is entertaining and it it is does build confidence that i can just you know pick up these conversations again and just build them back up yeah it's confidence building to see that i can do that with people that are pretty much strangers at this point Mm -hmm. i mean we do have a little bit of history here and there but it's especially the high school, a lot of us are strangers, you know, yeah. we don't remember a lot from our friendship, we don't remember a lot from that time, and it's, it's been six years, yeah. a lot changes. It's been a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Going from 18 to 24, big changes in that time period. Oh, totally. So, uh, it, it's, it's, but it's been a very interesting, interesting time, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, and kind of rediscovering what, what your friendship is like and how people have changed and moved on and, and, and maybe in a lot of ways stayed the same too. Oh yeah. Have you had any where it's, where it's been almost like a glorious rekindling of the friendship where it's just, <laughs> so glad to see you again. Hang out. <laughs> I, I would say, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. There, there has been. Um, I mean, recently there was a good friend of mine, Adam from, from Bukova, and I hadn't, you know, I reached out to him and, and he didn't, I guess he didn't get my message. And, and so I was like, ah, oh, dang it. Like maybe he's, he's, maybe he doesn't want to hang out. Um, but, uh, through a lot of work and, and, and whatnot, we we're able to, to reconnect. And he was able to come out to an activity with all of us, uh, a big barbecue with the whole group. And, and that was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. To be able to, and it was like good old times. Like I see him, we just embraced. We were like, it, it, it was great, you know, and I'm excited to keep hanging out with him. You know, because we were really good friends. You know, he was really good friends with the whole group. We were all good friends. Um, and, you know, there's been a few more that I, I've, I've had that have been great and just been, like, easy to talk to, mm-hmm. ton of fun, just like they used to be. But there's been a few that have been a little unnerving, a little awkward. You know, like, I don't know if I really do want to spend more time here. Like, let's see. Yeah. I don't know how much effort I'm willing to put in, you know. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's, it's totally normal for that. Eh? I mean, when you when you kind of moved apart and you can get together, but, you know, maybe you don't get together every year or even every two years. You kind of just 
randomly see each other. See each other. <laughs> when you see each other, it's great. How are you? You know, oh, <laughs> this is my wife. And then the next time you see him, it's this is my this kid. Is my new wife. Right? <laughs> Depending how life goes. Right? True. True. Right. Uh, and and kind of seeing how their life goes in almost a time lapse, right? Rather yeah. than a yeah, I've been here for kind of the whole thing. Right. 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 Uh, just kind of depends on the friendship, I guess. Right. Oh yeah, I agree. So, so you very clearly love making friends and mm-hmm. connecting with people and getting to know people and and. Uh, I think it's probably one of my only skills. Right, you know what? <laughs> that 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 is a skill that that gets you places. That is a skill that people appreciate when you know when you can make somebody feel like you know oh Evan likes to be around me. Evan likes to hang out with me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and not necessarily Evan, just someone. Someone likes to be around me. Right, right. right. I think people appreciate that. Um, and so, especially especially with what you were talking about earlier, about how you've worked on being able to show care through all of these different ways, through all, you know, these five love languages or whatever, where, where you're kind of putting that effort in to every relationship, to every person that you come across so that they feel good when they're around you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know I appreciate that, and I'm sure other people do as well. Mm-hmm. So moving forward in your life, obviously your intention is to keep the theme of serving people and helping other people and building up these relationships. What is your plan for your future? I mean, based on what I've kind of planned out of my life, I mean, I definitely say that that skill is going to be very important in 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 my life, mm-hmm. of you know continuing to put in or putting effort into relationships. I mean, my my honestly looking back through my life, in some ways, uh, my 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 theme has been has been seeking after charity, even when I didn't realize it. Um, and now charity, I mean, being, being, I mean, it could be, mean so many things in different, different definitions, but in like the churchy sense, it's, you know, it means the, the pure love of Christ for, for those who don't know. I mean, it's, it's the pure love of Christ and, and, or just the love for others, you know, true love for others and unselfish love, um, is the, another way I would describe it. Yeah. Um, service, those kind of things. And so charity has been my focus, um, and more actively my focus since my mission, my mission, I, I learned that. I studied that a lot in my mission, that topic in the scriptures and everything like that and observing it in people. And that's become my active focus. During my earlier years, it was just kind of a subconscious thing. I just did. Um, and and I, I use it to, to, to build people up and help them feel better about themselves and to know that they're loved and that they're cared about and that I care about them specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's definitely a skill that's going to influence my life and that I'm going to use because, I mean, as I said, my, my, my career path that I'm going down now as a, as a in, independent broker in the financial industry, as a, more of a financial planner and as a team builder, it, I mean, building up a, a team, being, building up people takes a lot of that. They have to feel loved, feel cared about, and they have to feel motivated and inspired and, and have their, 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 weight, their strengths, strengths pointed out to them and their weaknesses diminished in a way. So they don't feel so overwhelmed by their weaknesses, but more that they can do this and that someone believes in them. So in the, in the team building aspect, that's really important. Mm-hmm. And then in, in, in making a network of people and clients and people that refer, you know, people that get my name out there, 
that also is a big aspect, you know, of, of that skill of being able to make friends and to put in effort into it and showing that I care. I mean, when, when you have someone that shows that they care, you naturally want to reciprocate. You naturally want to help them out. If they're helping you out, you want to do something for them. Mm-hmm. It's a natural thing. And so in that sense, I mean, if, if I want to be selfish about it, I mean, that'll really serve me in a lot of ways because a lot of people want to help me out because they, they know that I care and that I'm helping them out, you know? Um, and so in regards to the financial industry, if I want to think about it that way, and that's not the way I think about it, but if I want to analyze it from a selfish, from a selfish business type of perspective, yeah. that'll really serve me in a lot of ways. It'll literally help, really help my, my, my network and the amount of people that I know grow, which will allow my clientele to grow and which will increase my business, you know, and it'll increase the amount of people that I, I'm able to bring onto my team and to, to just expand in, in, in mass, mass ways. Um, now that, that's not the reason I do what I'm doing. And that's not the reason I build friendships because I, I do want to help them. I do want to make friendships. Mm-hmm. And you know, if someone does become a friend, if I do make a friend with someone and they don't want anything to do with my business, I don't care. And if they don't, fine, you know, whatever. <laughs> We're going to still be friends. I'm still going to care. I'm still going to help you, yeah. right? But I think in regards to where my life's going, I think that's going to be a huge, a huge bonus for my life. Um, and it's going to be a huge just joy in my life mm-hmm. to be able to do that. I mean, as I said, it's, it's a ton of fun to yeah. be able to do that. It's, it's really fulfilling to, to have good friendships and have good times. And, and it makes you happy. I mean, I'm a happy guy because I'm around happy people and I try to make people happy. Yeah. You know, if I'm always focused on myself, I'm, I'm going to be selfish. I'm going to be sad. I'm going to be depressed. I'm not going to be happy when I'm focused on others and seeing them happy. It makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Right. So in that way, that's also going to serve my life going forward. You know, that's also going to serve, you know, my, my, my spouse, whoever that may be, it's going to, it's going to serve my, my kids. It's going to serve, you know, everyone around me, you know, it's just going to, it's just going to be a massive motor for my life. It's just going to push me forward into all kinds of things. Yeah. Exact service to people. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, as I said, I've never been a big guy in the center of attention of a large group. Small groups. I love it. You know, I love being in a small group of like five, six people. Great. Let's have a ton of fun. I love being the one talking and sharing stories and jokes. Yeah. But when it comes to a big group and a big crowd and a ton of recognition, I, I don't, I don't like that. I actually, I have performance anxiety. I, I, it's not like it hasn't been diagnosed, but yeah. I've noticed that any time I perform, whether it's public speaking, just giving a lesson in front of a large amount of people, singing, you know, uh, playing an instrument like I used to, or um, anything like that that would be considered, I would mentally consider performing or being observed or, or critiqued or, or people you know, wanting to see how good I am and whatnot. I'm always uncomfortable with that kind of stuff. I don't know why. I always get nervous. Yeah. I gotta get shaky. Even if I'm really, really confident in that thing, yeah. I get really shaky and nervous. And so I don't like being the center of attention or the leader of a big group of people. Um, so my whole life, I've always been a, a builder. I build up groups. I bring groups together. I've, if I think about it, I've done it a lot actually. Like, I, I make friendships with so many different people in so many different groups. And I bring them all into my group. I, I, I try to attract them to me and have a good environment amongst all of them. And I, I've noticed that I've built a lot of friendships outside of mine, you know, like Alden and I, great, great friends, best friends. And Ives, he was my friend. And Stefan was my friend. 
and we all started hanging out. They all started hanging out with me in groups and they met each other and then they've all become really, really good friends. Yeah. You know, in some instances, better friends than I was, I am with them. You know, they've become stronger, but I've been able to bring them together and it's good to see, it's fun to see and cool to see that I've been able to make an impact on this group and this friend, this friendships. Um, I mean, that happened on my mission a ton. That's happened a ton, actually. I mean, looking back, I, uh, I didn't even realize I was doing it, but like, you know, I did a lot of I did a lot of airsoft and paintball growing up, and I got a lot of people who would never actually do it to do it, and they became they really enjoyed it. I got a lot of girls, for, for example, to play airsoft. That yeah. normally girls don't play airsoft a lot, but I got a lot of them to join our groups and to have a ton of fun and yeah. to meet each other and to yeah. participate in something they normally wouldn't. Or for example, D and D. And this is a disclaimer right now. I'm a super big nerd, as you can tell. <laughs> Anime, D and D. I mean, you can just. I mean, animation, I mean, come on. But uh, I've been able to get a lot of people to play D&D that would never consider it. Mm-hmm. And then they've met this group of people that are actually nerdy and they recognize that they are nerdy and they, you know, a lot of people are kind of awkward about their nerdiness and kind of hide it. Mm-hmm. And they don't feel comfortable in, in a you know, public setting expressing that, oh, I really do enjoy anime, actually. When everybody else is like, anime? Pff, weird, you know? And then you're like, well, I actually really enjoy it, you know? And that's like my one little thing that's nerdy. Everything else isn't, you know, come on, I'm not nerdy. But then they meet someone who enjoys it and is totally okay with it. And, but it's still fun and everybody loves that person. Yeah. For me, I embrace my nerdy side and I let it show. Yeah. And I'm like, everybody, I am nerdy, but you still love me because I love you guys. And other people recognize that they can embrace that side of themselves and they meet other people like that you know, or whatever I, wherever I am, whether it's my other groups of friends or my nerdy friends or my church friends or my mission friends, whatever it is, I've noticed I kind of try to bring groups together subconsciously yeah. and I bring them into my circle and I try to share friendships around and build up groups. And so that also will be huge in my life. I mean, I'm going to be doing that my whole life. I'm going to be building groups of people with, with, with this, I don't know, skill, I guess you would yeah. call it. Building relationships between yourself and, and others, and other people. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. One last question: mm-hmm. um, Where, where do you see yourself at eighty years old? Oh man, ah, I have not thought about that. I'm not gonna lie, I I have not planned that far ahead. Um, I definitely see myself as a. A father of a bunch of kids that are all married and have kids of their own and possibly even grandkids. Hopefully, actually, hopefully I have, you know, more grandkids and great grandkids. I mean, I would love to have great grandkids by that time. Yeah. Um, I mean, things that I do want at that age and I do see myself is having, having made a large impact on a lot of people's lives. Having a reputation amongst a ton of people of someone who cares. And it, people may not even know who I am, but they, if they've heard my name, they know that I'm a good guy and that I care. Yeah. And that they can trust me. And that, that if they do meet me, that I'll do whatever I can for them. Yeah. That's the kind of reputation I want by the time I'm 80. You know, I want to be known as that kind of guy. As that, you know, that old guy who's just funny and happy and, and willing to be nice to everybody and, and does things for people. Yeah. Um, known for a life of service. Um, that's what I want. Yeah. Um, and at that point, I'm hoping to be you know, obviously retired by like 50, 60 and then have spent a ton of time serving in, in, in my church. Yeah. Um, and as, as you and I know, we're both, you know, we're both part of the Latter-day, Latter-day Saint Church. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of service opportunities there, right? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, as I said, I went on a mission for two years, you yeah. know, to, to Denver, Colorado, and I did a ton of service, constant service there, and I loved it, and I realized I want to keep doing it, right? Yeah. And so I decided I want to, after I'm retired, for me and my spouse to go on multiple missions. Yeah. And so if I'm 80 and I'm still able to, I want to be able to be out, be out there. Another. I don't know how many I'm going to do, but I'm going to keep doing them, That'd be you awesome. know? I want to be that 80-year-old that's been on 10 missions, and, yeah. you know, uh, or maybe not 10, but, I, but a, few. a few, you know, and, and to be able to serve even at 80, I want to be healthy enough that I can do things, that I can, you know, I can go and serve in the church, and I can be, in, be a help, even at that age. I know a lot of people at that age have a lot of health issues and aren't able to do a lot, yeah. and I don't want that. I want to be able to always keep helping people. That's awesome. You know? Well, I think if you uh, if you keep in your mind as you go throughout your life that you want to be able to continue helping people and that uh, and that you want to be that strength and that light and that joy for so many people, I think that uh, I could see you doing that at 80 years old still. <laughs> super tall, super skinny, nice old man. Probably so hunched over and broken. A hunched over, maybe, <laughs> but you'll still be taller than me, and I think it would be great to see. So, Evan, thanks for being on my Wax Museum, and thanks I'm for glad to be talking here. about yourself. It's been great. I can do it all day. <laughs>